All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan. Welcome to the Manufacturers Network podcast. I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Ann Wyatt. Ann is president of Ann Wyatt Recruiting. She's very passionate about workforce development and building a solid quality team. With a focus on manufacturing, her goal is to connect the right people to the right jobs. Ann, welcome to the show. Hey, Lisa. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So share with us a little bit about your background, how you got started in recruiting, and why the focus on manufacturing. Sure. I started my own recruiting agency in 2015, and I really got into recruiting because I'm very passionate about workforce development. That was my first job uh, graduating college, was working for the Career Center and working my way up through the Career Center. I really enjoyed the jobs portion of that, matching the candidates with companies, working with local area employers on job fairs, working with the greenfield sites and hiring new existing candidates from the labor market, creating and developing labor market information profiles for economic development. And I just decided when in 20 in 2015, I decided that it was starting to get a really tight, we we're already starting to see like a really tight candidate pool at that time. And I decided that, you know, I really think, thought that I could do a better service to the community by leaving the state and starting my own recruiting company and focusing strictly on manufacturing. I picked manufacturing because it was first of all, made up most of in the majority of the workforce in the local area of Bowling Green, Kentucky, where I'm from. The wages were just a lot higher in manufacturing than other industry sectors. So when I was looking, because the Career Center had to work all positions. So when I was looking at the different industry sectors, like healthcare and like customer service, retail, and then looked at manufacturing, the wages were substantially higher in manufacturing than these other industries. And I really thought that somebody with maybe, you know, you didn't have to have a college degree to go into manufacturing and make really good money. That was quite inspiring to me. And I just wanted to stick with uh, manufacturing and try to develop those relationships with the local area employers even further. Yeah, and one of the things we're seeing, I mean, we've been hearing the numbers all over the board with 2.8 million manufacturing jobs going unfilled by 2028 and all these other statistics that are out there. So a lot of manufacturers, they're all fighting over the same people. And so one of your experience, one of your areas of expertise is really working with your clients on the candidate experience. You know, a lot of times they, they post a job, they don't think about it, or as you say, they post and pray. And then whoever walks in the door, they don't think about it from that being the starting point of their, that candidate's experience. So what are some of the ways that you've seen companies successfully elevate 
their candidate experience? Yeah, I think companies are still getting acclimated to the fact that this is a candidate driven market and that they are having to put a lot more effort into recruiting quality talent than they were previously. I think they're very used to the whole idea of just posting a job description on a job board and just hoping and praying for the best, right? I think that it's companies that are having the most success in recruiting top talent are going through those extra steps to build a relationship with a candidate from the moment that they apply for the position. So whether that's things like getting back to them and uh, not just leaving them with an automated or canned response or no response at all, whether that's having a really great marketing and branding strategy where they do video job descriptions or create interactive job descriptions that maybe tell the candidate a little bit more about the company and their story and their brand and their history, or whether that's being just more flexible with the candidate's uh, long-term desires. For example, I just had a company come up 5,000 on their salary from their, their salary cap for a position because they were just, they were just really you know, I like to say in love with the candidate, but they just really thought that she was the perfect person for them. So they went that extra mile. And when uh, the candidate came back and said, you know, I guess I would take a pay cut. They didn't make her. They gave her what she was currently making. Those types of ideas and ability to really put yourself beyond just the traditional corporate stuffy box and really show your human side as a company, that you care about your workforce, that you invest in your workforce. Those are going to be driving factors when you're looking at recruiting and retaining top talent. Well, and you brought up a couple things I wanna focus on, but the one uh, with this candidate that you just placed, and she was looking to leave her last employer and she was actually thinking about taking a pay cut to do it. So that sends a message loud and clear to people listening that your employees have their ears open. So taking care of the people that you already have on your team and making sure having those conversations, what keeps you here, what would cause you to leave, having those in advance can maybe have prevented that woman from ever thinking about leaving. But was there anything, and I don't know how much she shared with you, but you know, why was she thinking about leaving her last employer? And what was it about this company that she was actually thinking about taking a pay cut, even though she ended up not having to? The candidate had been with the previous employer for five years. The previous employer was a Greenfield startup company that came to the area which I, I did not, I will tell you, I did not like taking this person from this company. I'll be very honest. Like I did not like this because I was, I have a little bit of history with the company. I don't work for them. It wasn't like I, you know, poached or anything, but it was like, it hurt my, you know, it kind of broke my heart that she wanted to leave it because I had worked with them at the state and it was, it was just like, I want good things for this company. Right. What really kind of was frustrating for her was that she didn't really feel like there was the organization and support that she needed with the company. 
And you see that some in the greenfield sites, especially if it's like a foreign company coming in. I mean, it takes a really, you know, it takes a long time to get their structure in place and to get up and running and to get their product out the door. You know, she, she was just kind of getting to that point of this is just, it's, it's, she was kind of losing that faith you know, that it was ever going to kind of stable out for her. And I think that was really the driving factor for why she left. So when I called her up and asked her about this position, um, she was very interested in the fact that the company was very well established, that they had most of all of their processes and procedures in a row and uh, everything was kind of in its, in a good routine. She liked the fact that the company was smaller. So it was kind of that more family oriented. And some people like that. Some people don't. You know, she she kind of favored that. She liked that. When she went in for her interview, the client went out of their way to give her a quality candidate experience. And what I mean by that is she was introduced to everybody on the floor, everybody in the office. She was given the opportunity to talk to everybody, to ask questions of other employees that were not necessarily interviewing her. I remember talking to her after, after the interview and I said, well, how did it go? You know, what did you think? And she was just, she was, because she was still at that, that was the point I think for her that she was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. I'll take the pay cut. Because before she was like, well, you know, I'm still, I'm making this amount. I don't, you know, I don't know about it. When I called her up and I talked to her and she was like, they were so sweet and they were so friendly and welcoming to me. And she said, I would be very interested. And you know what, if I have to take a pay cut, I take a pay cut. And and that's great. (laughs) And that says so much for these companies that are out there saying, I just can't afford to pay these people. I can't afford, you know, all the money that they're looking for and stuff. And it's not about the money. Here is a woman ready to take a pay cut to go somewhere where they took her around, they introduced her to everybody, they made her feel at home, they created that experience. And she was just at that level of frustration that may have been alleviated if her other company would have asked, what tools do you need? What resources can we provide with you? Just to minimize the frustration that she was still having five years later. The other thing too is, can you explain what you mean when you say greenfield? Sure. Yeah. So a greenfield is is kind of the manufacturing equivalent to a startup. So essentially, they bought the lot, right? Worked with the local area economic development, and then all the way up through the state of Kentucky, which it kind of starts at the state level. So, like a company will contact the you know, the, the United States Chamber of Commerce or kind of whoever economic development, and we'll try to begin the process of saying, hey, I'd really like to put a plant in somewhere, somewhere close to probably uh, a customer. So for example, this company, I think GM is one of their biggest customers. So they wanted to be close to Bowling Green, Kentucky for that reason. And then the state will work with that company on trying to find the right development plot or, or trans park or whatever for them to meet their needs. So if they need okay. like railway, for example, or they need like, they need shipping like by boat or they need to be by an airfield, you know, like an airport, they'll work with that. They'll work with the utilities. If they need, 
wastewater, things like that. And that's what I thought. They're they're literally starting with a green field and starting from the ground up. Okay. (laughs) And then they build the building and all that. Yeah. Okay. All right. And that's what I thought. I just, just in case there, uh, somebody else had the same question in their mind about that. And so, and then going back to that, uh, that woman and her taking the job, anything else about that experience that the company did well, or that really, you know, solidified her commitment to joining them besides the extra five grand that also showed how much they valued her, that they didn't make her take a pay cut. So it just sounds like such a win-win. As a recruiter, you know, these moments are very rare when this happens and you're just like the heavens part and you're just, you're like, you could cry, you know, it was just so good for everybody. But no, I think, you know, they, they did a great job being flexible in the pay and that was just above and beyond. They have really good benefits too. I want to say like for their healthcare coverage, their deductible is like really low. They have like a $700 deductible on a family plan. I thought that was real. I was like, I want that. (laughs) But you know, they go out of their way to constantly improve their benefits and do everything that they can do to, you know, to help their employees out. Yeah. And also taking the, the benefits off the table. I think that it was magical how they walked her through the plant and introduced her to people And that goes on both sides of the equation. Number one, she got to see who she was working with. It also gave the people on the floor some measure of comfort that is this person going to be a good fit? Because maybe there was, you know, she was, did something that she brushed off somebody or she was rude to somebody. Then that team member can come up and say, you know what, I don't think she's going to be a good fit here. So it really can help a company on both sides of the equation of helping your current employees to feel connected to the process and also as a very welcoming gesture to your new employees coming in. Exactly. That was a very, that was almost a mini high performing teams interview, right? Getting her to walk the floor and talking to everybody and introducing her to everybody. I mean, that was almost like a mini, mini teams interview. And I think that the companies, I mean, anytime that I see companies hiring with high performing teams that are made up of different people from that department, those companies, uh, they, they have probably the highest success with retention and talent acquisition that I've ever seen. So it's a huge help. Well, and you also talk about how important training is in the whole process, not only training your managers to do it the right way, um, but, you know, training and professional development in the company itself. But let's start with the managers, the people that are actually doing the job interviews, posting the jobs, what are some best practices when you are training your people who are bringing on those new employees? I do think that it takes a certain level of training. I think a lot of companies, you know, when they're hiring, um, first of all, recruiting oftentimes falls under a human resources function. I don't really feel like it's a great fit for human resources just because of the uh, just because there is so much compliance in human resources, you know, right. you have to always, always be so compliant and 
employment law and all that. So I like to think of recruiting as if human resources had like a happy spot, like that's the happy spot of human resources. But I think that a lot of companies hire very entry-level people to come in and that's kind of their first job, right? Is you you come in and you can do the recruiting because it is, it's a lot of fun. It's happy. It's not going to say it's easy, but it's right. You know, it's definitely not like negotiating, you know, employee mediation. It's not like that, you know, right. Um, It's not like benefits or payroll. So yeah, I think that companies should do a more proactive job of providing interview training. So whether that's situational or behavioral interview training, I think that's important. When you're doing interviews, there's a lot of nonverbal cues that people give that I think that it helps that you're not, not just like subconsciously reading, that you're like, you see it and you acknowledge it and then you know what it is. Like, what does this mean? For example, if somebody, you know, is you know, over talking or they're not talking enough, you're going to immediately have that little red flag say, oh, well, you know, what, what's, what's wrong. But then being able to go further and saying, okay, well, this person is, you know, they're over talking. They don't have enough experience. They're like saying a lot, but nothing. Right. Right. (laughs) In that situation. Um, Or they're under talking. So maybe they're not very interested. Right. You know? Okay. So just being able to read those nonverbals. And I always think it's a great practice for companies just for performance and analytics measures to have a matrix of, you know, what their core values are, what core soft skills they're looking for when they're doing the behavioral interviews and then being able to um, assess them and rank them based on that, that set. Yeah. Making sure that you're getting the right fit right off the bat. Exactly. Now, what are, besides that one client that we spent some time with, with their employee experience, what are some of the other things that you've seen people do or ideas that work when it comes to connecting with that employee right off the bat before they agree to come on board? Yeah, I think recruiting is a lot of relationship building. And I would like to see, as as a recruiter, I would love to see some more of that too in recruiting. It's a lot of relationship building. So, I mean, if somebody applies for the position and, you know, maybe they're not the right fit, you know, it's not, it doesn't take much to like send them a DM on LinkedIn and say, hey, I saw that you applied for that. Thanks for that. Um, But I really think that this is what the company is looking for. Just kind of being that, that person, like not like making time for them, right? So if they have questions be there to answer their questions, they want to learn more about the company and what their, their story is, you know, be able to provide them a look at the company and their story. Like what's their end product? Where are they in a global market? What's special about this company? Why do the employees of this company want to work there? You know, those are all things that as a recruiter, I feel like you should be able to not only understand, but also convey effectively to candidates that you're contacting. And then just building relationships. Hey, you know, maybe it didn't work out for this, but love to stay in touch, you know, and just check in every once in a while. Hey, Merry Christmas. Hey, Happy New Year's. I've sent a lot of those uh, DMs this past couple of weeks, right? Just to uh, be friendly. 
Now, when you had mentioned earlier about, you said something about video interviews or video job descriptions. Tell me more about that. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so video job descriptions are a great way to showcase your company, your end product, your machinery, uh, what you do. They're a great way to do that to prospective candidates. And so when I have a company that is interested in doing like a video job description, for example, you know, I try to pick out some of the things that are required from the job. So like what they're actually looking, you know, when you're reading a job description, there's like the description and then there's like actually the just like what they need. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So you pick out like the things that, that matter more or less that are going to be the driving decision making factors. Right. And you showcase those in the job description video. So whether that's like, if it's a technical role, say somebody's looking for like an automations engineer or something. So that person needs to have a strong PLC background. Okay. So I want to know like what your PLC what are you running? Rockwell, Siemens, what do you got? And I want to showcase that, you know, in the video for candidates, because some, you know, somebody may be very interested, but maybe they don't have Rockwell, maybe they have Siemens, you know, so mm-hmm. being able to kind of give them a quick, effective visual synopsis of what you're looking for, what you need, and then also what you do at the same time. It's a lot more effective than just the old text job descriptions. Well, well, and that sounds like something you could just do right on your phone, right? I mean, you're not looking at hiring a production team. You're looking at showing a day in the life of what that job really is on a short video that you can shoot right on your phone. Definitely. And you could even do like, you know, employee testimonies. So if you want to pull somebody from the floor that works in that same role, And have them talk about, you know, what they like about it and why they took the job and, you know, what their day to day is like. Yeah, you could definitely do that. You could, there's a Canva app. You could use that. I have software, but I think it's not expensive. It's like $250 a year. I mean, it's very cost effective to do those kind of things. Definitely. And those are the things that really set you apart because the, the thing is that even though we all have a smartphone of some kind with us at all times, pretty much anymore. Um, There's probably very few people that are actually doing that. So if you want something to immediately differentiate yourself from everybody else that's out there of just really showing that day in the life on video and doing things that are different from what everybody else is doing in in their recruiting practices. Exactly. It makes you appear transparent. It makes you appear approachable. You know, you're kind of stepping out of that, again, very old, stiff corporate box and showing your humanity to your, to your candidate pool. And that's something that, you know, they, they want to consider before that they're, uh, they take a new job because the fact of the matter is, is that at the end of the day, the candidate pool is so small. If somebody is taking a new job, it is because they truly want to. Exactly. So as we get to the end of our time together, what would be your biggest tip for companies to successfully recruit or onboard new employees? I think go the extra mile. Be willing to meet people where they are 
is something that I say often in a lot of advice in, in a lot of the advice that I give. But really what I mean by that is, you know, be flexible and meet people where they are. So find out, you know, if you're interested in hiring a person, you're saying, okay, this is the one for us, right? Um, then find out what that motivating factor is for that person. Sometimes it's money, sometimes it's not. Sometimes they just want flexibility. And then being able to meet them where they are on that, going that extra mile for them. I think that's the biggest advice that you can do to really win in the candidate race right now and also increase your culture and your retention. Awesome. Well, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and continue the conversation, what's the best way for them to connect? Probably LinkedIn. I spend a lot of time there as a recruiter and I love connecting with people on LinkedIn. Just shoot me a DM and uh, let me know that you, you uh, can, you found me through the podcast here, Lisa's podcast, and I would be happy to connect with you. All right. Well, Anne, thank you so much for being with me today. It's been a great conversation. Thank you, Lisa. It's uh, it's a pleasure. Really and truly. I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Hey, do me a favor. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Also, feel free to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow the network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either go to the website at manufacturers-networks.com or share the podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow this network, the stronger and deeper community we will have. I appreciate you. Thank you.